As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Full Time with Meg and Steph. Uh, one last time, I think, for both of us actually being in World Cup countries. I'm still in Melbourne, not Melby, as we <laughs> learned in the worst possible way. Um, about to fly to Sydney tomorrow, and then I go home. Steph, where are you right now? I am in Aotearoa, New Zealand. I'm in Auckland. Um, just flew in this morning. I had someone text me like, hey, do you have availability today in Melbourne? I was like... Girl, I'm in Auckland already. She's like, you move fast. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So you're now on Japan duty, essentially. And now right? I'm on Japan duty. Um, they will be playing Sweden next. And if we're going to make any predictions, even if I think I, I think Japan are too good to be jinxed with predictions. Maybe. Maybe Let me that just is say that. Like, I, I would love that for them. Right. I, I would edge Japan in this just based on how they've been playing. Right. They have been able to adapt to pretty much every single team they've played. Yes. I saw some of the way the United States, they don't, they play most like in a 3-4-3, not a 4-2-3-1. But I saw the way the United States was penetrating Sweden a little bit with some of their through balls. And I was like, oh, Japan would have eaten those up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I will be very curious to see how that game goes. I'll put it that way. Like, I feel like anyone who advanced out of the USA-Sweden game to be then be greeted with Japan, I was just like, mm. 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 Well. Mm. I mean, that's not even the most comical thing, though, which is that Spain and Japan could meet again, somehow ending up back on the same side of the bracket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The bracket so. construction is definitely a little weird just in how you kind of stay put on your side of the bracket. So anyway, um, well, we both just finished watching. England, Nigeria. So I know like we obviously are going to talk about USA, Sweden and the processing of all of those emotions and what that game was like. But also I do want to start with just like a massive shout for Nigeria who vastly outplayed like from kind of every level England and then just couldn't get it done in penalty. Like two nil nil draws with penalties back to back. In this tournament, the the team that played better did not go through. Yeah. 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 It's just, 
I <laughs> there was a shout for potential penalty against Lucy Bronze too late in the game. Like just yeah, a lot yeah. happened in that yeah. match. It was a real emotional journey. But I mean, to we were both talking about how Nigeria looked so prepared for England. Like they mm-hmm. reduced England extremely efficiently. So in the tactical, because I feel like Serena Wegman just gets all this credit for the massive tactical adjustment and then hits this round of 16 game. And it's just like, they got, they yeah. got outplayed. Yeah. I have no idea what happens when, because we see it over and over again, right? A coach who seems to be, who th- thinks about tactics clearly like thinks about them constantly and knows about them, like can't seem to adjust. And so I'm just wondering, I really don't think it's the case that these people are just stupid. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I don't. Like, I think fans like to be reductive and be like, ah, oh, they don't know what they're doing. And I'm like, I think they know what they're doing, but there's so many other factors going into roster construction and how you want to play even your own mentality. Like, are you scared? Are, are you, do you trust one player more than another? You know, have you misplaced your trust in a player? Are you like, do some players need confidence to stay in, in the game or like stay in a certain formation, that sort of thing that I don't think it's that simple. Yeah. Although sometimes it is like, yeah, yes, clearly she should have changed tactics, but I don't think it, it was a case of her not knowing what to do. I think there was a lot more that went into making the wrong decision yeah yeah it will be interesting and now england move forward likely without lauren james who has obviously been like the breakout star of this tournament for potentially the rest of the tournament it does work slightly differently than it does in england where for uh melissa tancredi as you called it in slack um it in england that would be an automatic three game suspension but here Mm. it's one and then fifa can add on to it but it is almost certainly going to turn into a three-game suspension which is truly not ideal moving forward no there's so many layers to what's going to go on around this but all i think we can say is that a brilliant player who lost her temper in that moment like more patient people than her have lost their tempers in this game Yep. Over being irritated constantly. Like that was the plan, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they, uh, Lauren James was wrapped up in that game. Like she was not able to do what Lauren James can do. And right. again, full credit to Nigeria for like getting her to that point of like pure frustration. Yeah. But also, I don't think they were expecting that. I don't but... think they, and, and to be fair, like we, I think, have now also been blessed by one of the all time meme images of this tournament. <laughs> with michelle just kind of going like right what's happening right Right. so it seems like clearly it didn't hurt her no like it was just disrespectful to her yeah but like you can't do that you can't step on people right yeah that is kind of a clear violation of the rules um you know and i think the other part that really sucks right at the moment too is just knowing and maybe it's going to be better because England got through this game and maybe it will get worse if England then bow out the next one. But for any player of color, like you immediately are just worried about what's going to happen. And I, I still feel like someone hopefully intervenes for Lauren James and like shuts down her social media for like just 
just take her phone, delete the apps, turn off all the notifications and just be like, you are limited to your group chats <laughs> and your text messages. Maybe not even group chats. Yeah, like, maybe not. No maybe one not. is allowed to send you memes or links or yeah. texts. Like if you want to talk to someone, you can talk to them in person. But this yeah. is when I, I I do always kind of think of there's a small part of me that's like, what if I got a flip phone just to like have not as my primary phone, but like in times of dire need where it's just like someone takes my iPhone and then I get a flip phone back and then that. That's all you got. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe for a World Cup c- scenario it would be helpful. Well, just remember, we're still old enough. Like, I don't think it's past the generation where like there were times you went out and you were unreachable. Like you just had to yeah, reach your next destination. And yes. if, if whoever knew you were there could like call your friend's mom yep. and see if you arrived at their house or whatever. But yes. that was it. Yep. Yeah. Man. What a magical time that was. Although before <laughs> Google Maps existed, and let me tell you, I we have lived through the the age of printing out map quests, but also full on physical maps. And I vastly preferred this part of it. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. All right. Oh, I feel like this happened last time. Like, I don't even know where to begin on the U.S. Um, there's there's a lot to mm-hmm. begin with. So maybe let's let's start with a let's start with a good thing, because I do think the general consensus is that Naomi Gurma is wow. our wow. once and future king. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like our yeah. just. Yes. Naomi Gurma. The like. Oh, what a defensive performance. And like, if there was one area where I just was like, that's bottom of the list and concerns, it was the central defense, like Gurma and Ertz, they worked that pairing out for being like, I don't know you, you don't know me. Let's go to a world cup together. Amazing. It was truly like, yeah, that was, that was, I think the best bright spot of this tournament for the U S like not, I mean, I, I kept seeing it on Twitter last night, just of this is an all time defensive performance from this team coupled with an all time worst finishing <laughs> performance from this team. And sometimes yeah. you can sneak through a tournament with the lack of goals on the offensive side. But if you have that really strong defensive unit, right? Like this is a mm-hmm. team that allowed two shots on goals through four games and they are leaving the world cup. Right. Like it does not. Does not compute on that number alone. So there is, I think, I I mean, I feel like there's still plenty to be excited about. Like, I feel like there's now we're in the second stage of discourse now, too, where like everybody (laughs) panics. But I think rightfully so of just like knowing that. This is the earliest exit, like they have never gone out in the round of 16. Right. Mm -hmm. They have always made it to a semifinal. That aside, though, knowing that that group stage was not good enough, knowing that youth World Cup performances have not been good, like there's just bigger to your like most love metaphor of the iceberg. Like we're seeing the highest level symptoms right now, but you you go under the surface and there's just like a, a ton that needs yeah. to be addressed. Yeah. So I think there is that instinct of like, I don't want to say like, like it's not a catastrophe right now because it's a catastrophe if you get to 2027 and the US does even more, like, right, or doesn't qualify, right? Like, that's the catastrophe. We're at the like, there's other boats honking at us yeah. <laughs> going, don't do that. 
right? Yeah. I don't, if we were going to have a wobble, I think it felt now like watching the team up until now and also looking at the generational handover. That was the theme, right, of this tournament. Generational handover to like a new generation of star players across global women's soccer, right? Yep. Not just for the United yep. States. Yep. And so like dominance like surges and it, it ebbs and flows. It ebbs and flows. Um, you can't just be dominant forever you might have like legacy eras and then you'll drop off just because of the change in personnel people get older i'm getting older too <laughs> like, um and it you know megan rapino mentioned it like they don't this is her last world cup i bet it's alex morgan's last world cup she's 34 they don't have becky sauerbrunn julie ertz this is her last world cup i think i mean it's she, she all air. but retired on air on the spot ta- yeah yeah like, what did she come back for? She came back for this World Cup. Right. And so I don't know if she's going to be like, well, let's try to keep it going a little bit for the Olympics or not. But that is not you know. the vibe. That... Right. Right. Yeah. Um, And that's a smaller roster, too. Yep. So but yeah, so that like think about all the players that are gone. I don't know if Kristen Press and Tobin Heath are ever going to come back to the national team just due to the timeline of their like recoveries and maybe where they seem to be just based on how they're talking about the game and, and their thoughts on it. Yep. Um, so what's the next generation? Oh, it's Sophia Smith, Trinity Robin, Katarina Macario, and Naomi Girma. Yeah. And they're still going to have like Haran, Lavelle. I think that's not a bad core to be going into the next four years with. No, no. And that, that like, that's the thing that is really exciting. It's just now, okay, we take the next step and who is going to step in as head coach. Right. Because I think, at this point, everybody can just, we all know Flacco Andonovsky's contract is not going to be renewed. I do think it's going to be kind of the mutual, like, you know, U.S. soccer sent out a statement to those of us still on the ground here in Australia and New Zealand this morning saying we're going to conduct a review. We'll do whatever it takes to to regain our position. Um, I mean, I don't know what the, we don't know what the timeline is for a review like this, but Andonovsky's contract is up. It. It does not have to be a firing to have the same impact, obviously. And I think, you know, there is probably a role for him still in club football. Like, he is a good club coach. Like, any NWSL team, I think, would probably be calling him if he's available again. So there is kind of that part of it. But then again, I think my bigger question is what happens with Kate Markraft, right? Like, is it a, oh, we got a tweak? Or is it that bigger oh, we have to do a lot of big, big structural work. And that's the part that I'm praying for is that it's the, oh God, we have to have some big, uncomfortable conversations about what we're prioritizing in the sport. We have to have some big, uncomfortable conversations about player development, about the role of college soccer, the role of potentially development academies, like how much money this is really going to take to be on par with kind of that natural infrastructure that Europe has right now. So, some parts of Europe has. Some yeah. parts, yeah. So there is, I think, an immediate fallout part, but that's, to me, there's a much bigger, mm-hmm. much bigger project ahead. And so the Olympics are going to be really interesting just in terms of do you completely reset? Do you 
because usually the Olympics were kind of the extension, right? Like it's kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, qualifiers then, start in fall, right? In a few months. So well, the U.S. is already qualified, though, because yeah, of okay. the first place finish in uh, W Championships in Monterey, yeah, right? Yeah. So we know that the team is going to the Olympics. So the question becomes, okay, well, first of all, how how quickly can you get a new head coach in? Are we going to see an interim head coach at these two friendlies that they've already announced in September and give themselves a little time? I would guess pro- like there's there's just a lot of questions. But let's right. I don't I think if we swing back around to the game itself um first of all, I will say it was my first time being in that stadium in in Melbourne Rectangular Stadium. Um, and I, I feel like I kept reading your comments about the seagulls and yet I was not prepared for the seagulls. They're bold. Yeah. They feel to me like in Jurassic park where the, in the, the guy is hunting the raptor and then the raptor pokes her head out. He's like, clever girl. Like they're bold. Yeah. You know, that's their stadium, their yep. home ground. Yep. And there were yep. like several different girl gangs. They would each like pick a dome to perch on. And then, I mean, you captured it, right? As soon as people leave, it's time for girl dinner. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. (laughs) There was one, because I was kind of hovering watching, like, I did not go to the mix zone last night. I kind of held my post up in the media tribune and was watching, was watching. And then I just looked to the right, where also, like, the whole Angel City group people were. Um, And there's one lone security guard just trying to like make himself big and be like, no, go away. And I was just like, buddy, that is a lost cause. Let them clean up the stadium for you. I know. I've seen these seagulls. They don't even fly. They'll walk around in the street and like a huge freaking truck will drive by and they don't even walk out of the way because they understand like the roads and stuff because birds are like weirdly smart. Um, Right. Not going to be afraid of one security guard. It's just very, it was such a last night after the, like after final whistle, everybody's like frantically getting packed up, running down to go to the mix zone. And I'm just kind of standing up there watching the Sweden team do their little lap. Yeah. At one point they also like cut directly between Flacco, who's doing his old post game flash commentary and the U S who are still all just in the circle. Look, I mean like a listener is staring out into space, looking at absolutely nothing. And then to see this like little divide of blue and yellow cutting off Andonovsky from the rest of the team. I was just like, right to the tune oh, of Abba. It's, uh, yeah, to the tune of Dancing Queen. Like it was just so on the nose and so strange. Like it was just a real, a real time. Um, do you want to talk about Alyssa Nair? I can't imagine. I feel like there's some science fiction short story in here about having everything taken away from you by a computer, <laughs> like like some kind of black mirror, you know? Yeah, there was I, a real thought of the Netflix folks just watching that unfold. Yeah, and like, I mean, there is a sick small part of me that is like, honestly, that's a crazy ending for a document. Like, that's actually maybe. It, if they're going to lose, that is the most ridiculous possible way they could have done it. Right. Well, the right writer or director after the strike is over could probably turn that into something really poignant and like a commentary. Although honestly, nothing is better a commentary on like the cruel indifference of sports than a seagull 
just waiting for everyone to leave and only caring about the fries that have been left behind. Like yeah. they're that's yeah. like really perfect. Um, but yeah, I think one of my actual real favorite memories of being in that same last night was you had turned to talk to the person on your right and Alyssa Nair was stepping up to take her penalty. And I literally just grabbed your entire jacket to like <laughs> pull your attention back around because I was just like, you are, you have clearly not realized what's happening yet because you are not reacting vocally to right. Alyssa Nair stepping up to take a penalty. Right. Who saw her being, <laughs> was she fifth or sixth in the order? I think like, Next, I think she was after Sixth. the initial five when it came yes. down to like spot yes. kicks. Yep. And I was like, oh, okay. So she's like, and she's, she's a Terminator. I got it. She's a Terminator. It was just also her penalty was so ice cold. Like she, if, if the goalkeeper had not moved, she right. would have drilled her directly in the face. <laughs> going down the middle is always like there's there's panache and there's also like a real level of like f you about it you yeah know? and that was that was truly an f you penalty yeah so i, I just I, I i do keep thinking about her making her penalty obviously her performance just across the entire night from a goalkeeping point of view but then also christy mewis literally getting a single minute of playing time and her first touch being mm-hmm. a penalty kick and just look, New England is very proud of the girlies. We were Way having some real Boston breakers <laughs> level emotions. I was literally night. texting in both someone like, like, let's go, Boston girls, let's go. <laughs> in both like all the good ways and all the bad ways of just pure pain, but mm-hmm. also, yeah, appreciation for Amuis and Nair. But I did. I have you watched Sam Mewis watching her take the penalty kick because I, I feel like that's also a, just a perfect. She's so proud of Christy. She's so happy for her. I yeah. was like, ugh, that's finally something nice. Yeah, true. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. 
Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. So the game itself, uh, before we got to penalties, which was the most agonizing 11-ish minutes. You took a picture of me. I literally had to go under the desk for like a hot (laughs) second to just (laughs) be like, and then come back up. Yep. It was it just because I remember. So Emily Olson, our, our editor, and I looked over. Because we had basically stood most of the game. Like I knew that I was probably not. The theory was I was not writing immediately following the game. So I was kind of content to just kind of sit and watch and and just kind of take it in. Um, yeah. Oh, you stood there like a middle-aged dad. Just yeah. Oh, that. yeah, fully. Like, yeah, it's just a... Arms um, folded. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it was, first of all, Emily Sonnet coming in to play as part of a double pivot along <laughs> and, uh, Andy Sullivan and having like truly a great performance despite not playing previously. But also I think some justification for Andy Sullivan who had looked not great through the start of the tournament and then putting her in a system that complemented her. And it's like, Oh, like we promise Andy Sullivan is not at this level that you think she's at. She's actually a very good player. And there's a reason why she's on this team. Right. She wasn't getting the support she needed. Yep. It's like like that the good place speech from Chidi where it's like how <laughs> no 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 from Michael, right? Where it's like, how can we blame people for not succeeding when they don't get the support that they need? Yeah. She just needed some support. The the swaps of the four, two, three, one works. Something that I think a lot several of us from the athletic. Really, really well. And also I think Chris and Preston Tobin Heath were calling for it. Jess Fishlock was called. I mean, I feel like everybody was looking at this and saying the four three three is not working. And if you get a formation shift and the, the the tactical benefit that comes with the four two three one, you're going to change the way. And I, I mean, like it was so sad that I was so excited that they were making little triangles to pass the ball. Like it was literally like that level yeah. of oh, they're getting the basics right again. Yeah, I don't want to be too complimentary because there were still moments where a player would get the ball, and I was like, "Where is she supposed to? Yeah, what is she supposed to do with this? Who the prayer circles still appeared at times. Like yeah. it was not a perfect turnaround right. by any stretch. But they shifted formation, you know. So I'm like, "All right, I'll give them a little like wiggle room here, right?" Um, and then, yeah, I, I like the obvious caveat is. We have 2020 hindsight, I yes. guess, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then when Megan Rapino came in, I think we had noted, everybody had noted like, okay, yes, they're delivering the crosses, but they're really lacking. Like, you know, they're, they're getting in the box, but it's not like, it's not connecting. Players are crashing, but they're missing each other. And so in theory, a Megan Rapino like helps sharpen that up. Yep. And I think this is maybe part of something that we can discuss a bit it didn't it, it made didn't. it yeah it got worse it got considerably worse yes andy sullivan had better set piece delivery 
Yeah. And Megan Rapino last. Yeah, Megan Megan's delivery on set pieces on corner kicks just like across the minutes that she did get in this tournament. Right. Like it, the thing is for me if you still decide to bring her as a leader on this team especially with Becky Sarabra not going, I think it's understandable, but in that moment I I know that the play is okay, you've got to get Pino on for a penalty kick. Yeah. But first of all, I think that needs to be one of those like super late because she has the mentality in theory, right. To right. come on at, in the 119th minute and come on step and take a penalty. Like right. that's not a question. And Alyssa Thompson might be able to fit that, what the objective is on the field in that moment better, but you do have players on the field in that moment who are able to take mm-hmm. free kicks that aren't Megan Rapino. But I mean, honestly, like the, I would have I would have switched Mello, the Mewis like, and Rapino sub order. Yeah, I would have brought in Mewis sooner if we're talking about that left sided area and someone who can smack it with their left foot and yep. like deliver a ball and has decent set piece delivery. Yep. You know. Yep. Yeah, it is. I mean, it was just kind of like a baffling because also Rapino, like having been out and seen her play in Seattle in the game where she gets three assists, like it's not like the touch wasn't there but it was something about the national team environment of the world i don't know what it was but it was just like it was not there and it was very clear that it was not there and i think by the end of the group stage you have to make that super hard decision of her minutes need to go down yeah and i mean it's but it's the same exact decision around alex morgan that the the system does not suit her and her style of play if you need to get like Sophia Smith honestly has to be prioritized as the number nine yeah. at this point. Yeah. So like an adjustment was made in the game against Sweden, but like not enough. Yeah. And, and to be fair, you know, I th- I don't know if you've had the chance to read it, but Kim McCauley and Jeff Ruder just had a really good kind of breakdown of at least some of the main issues of, Mm-hmm. roster management from Black Oninovsky and a lot of what we've already hit on is also in that article. Um, they also have the most secretly horrifying chart of minutes played across the roster that is just you look at it and you're just like cool. That didn't have to happen like that. Um, right. I haven't read it yet because my night went right up the goodbye to Megan Rapinoe's sad bastard story. Um and then, like, run back to my hotel, finish packing, try to get a human amount of sleep, Yep. go to the airport, just barely make it to check in my luggage because I forgot that I needed to be a little earlier than I normally am yeah. when it comes to Air New Zealand, um, fly to Auckland, uh, eat something, watch England, Nigeria, and here I am. Yeah. Yep. But I did I did see the horrified reaction in Slack. So I was like, oh, good. There's a little treat waiting for me at the end of this. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely. I mean, I think, though, that there is also it's pretty fair. I mean, that's the thing is. A lot of mistakes got made in this tournament yeah. by a lot of different people. And um, at the end of the day, there are people making those mistakes. And I, I do enjoy remembering that those are people on the other end of it um yeah so you almost don't want to do it right now because it feels really mean like while the players like a couple of players were flying out today the day after the game which sometimes happens 
And, you know, they had their hoods fully up in the airport. They clearly just didn't want to be recognized or seen, which is such a, like, real human. And, you like, you don't want to bother them. And you don't want to say anything about the performance. It just feels like you're kicking them while they're down. Like, it can wait. It's kind of like when someone comes to you and they've clearly messed up their own life. But now is not the right time to tell them, like, this is your own fault, right? Right. Yep. Just wait a little bit and then be like, okay, let's let's figure yeah. out what went wrong but like i you know it's, it's our job and then hopefully none of the players are actually listening to this god forbid yeah truly no social media put all the phones in a pillowcase and then like yeah. throw the pillowcase into the river yeah i mean and I, I think that's the thing too though is that they are pros and they understand that there's going to be criticism right but i think that's the line of just and i think it has been crossed in this tournament by a lot of different people of criticizing players for performance decisions or coaches for decisions and then like crossing that line into like a comment that looks and feels pretty personal so right like like crystal dunn after the portugal game got a lot of comments that i did not super care for and also obviously like there's a whole level two of discourse that i just want to completely ignore um around this team right now because they lost. And finally there's a whole chunk of our country that gets to gloat about that. So that's pleasant. Yeah. Really don't enjoy that. Like, so that's the, that's the part that really makes me nervous too, is that there is just this whole section of society that's like, Oh, they went woke. So they lost. And it's like, this team has not really been that like this version of the team. They've been political in some ways, but not, to the extent like no it's actually tapered off a lot recently just because like they're busy or they've said what they meant to say yeah yeah and so there's just like there's a there's always that like fun mix of misogyny and racism and also like homophobia like just a lot of things are happening in that mix and i just like that's where i really hope that there is a a really good firewall yeah for the players because and because there is also a contingent of people who are like, I support this team and I understand that there are people and they might have made mistakes, but you know, everybody makes mistakes. I think Lindsay Horan said she talked to Sophia Smith and was saying like everyone misses penalties, but like the best players in the world have missed penalties. Um, and people understand that like yes, it's upsetting and sad, but like you can be upset about sports without you know, making it about who someone is as a person. I think that's the danger in associating performance with morality. Yeah. Which goes both ways. Yeah. Right. Being like my favorite player is a good person and therefore is a good player. Yep. Right. You kind of have to like separate the two and be like people have their. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that you have somehow turned into essentially the like (laughs) obituary writer of the athletic in this tournament with pieces on, Sinclair and Marta and Pino. But first I want to give you props because every single one of those has been different in its own way, because also like these are three very different players, three massive legends of the game. But I was really struck by reading your Pino piece last night when I was still awake at 4 a.m. local time here because I couldn't sleep. Um, The sense of how she immediately went to her family for comfort and that there, like there is this sense of like, there's a person in there. Yeah. Because she immediately got shit for laughing. 
which is to me the most Megan Rapinoe reaction because I mean she's it's something that she has literally never done before is miss target right it was like disbelief when she came through the mix zone she was like shell-shocked yeah it was that inappropriate laugh and she called it that she's like i've always been someone who makes like a joke (laughs) at the inappropriate time she was almost she couldn't understand it she kept going over it she was like rambling a little bit in front of us like what a sick joke like it's so weird you guys thought i was gonna score right like oh god and like you could see that she just had not it hadn't sunk in yet yeah and then there's also like the combo of like, oh, so she's supposed to turn around and hang her head and trudge back to her teammates and then like maybe skunk the attitude for the next person to take a penalty. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, if you're a leader on the team, yeah, 100%. There is that sense of trying to balance both your own personal, like it's not even disappointment isn't even a good accurate word for it. Like you're crushed, right? But also yeah. you you know that this penalty shootout is going to keep going. So you've got to balance that emotion in the moment. So it is really, I I do want to leave us on a good note and say, so I did make the truly unhinged decision to rewatch the penalty shootout today because I felt like I remembered half of it fairly well. And also I wanted to actually see how much contact Alyssa Nair made with that final penalty from Hertig, right? In terms Mm -hmm. of like how, because in the moment, I was like, oh, she got it. So I wanted to be like, was it kind of clear right off the bat of how the ball spun back in? Mm-hmm. Not really. But I will say when Alyssa Nair made her penalty, Andy Sullivan had <laughs> just truly the best reaction of the night of just like this pure like stomping joy. And I was just like, that's the moment that I want to like, I'm actually glad that I rewatched this because that's the moment I want to take and cling to yeah i think pino kind of mentioned it she was you know again obviously a little bit shocked she's like now that i'm 38 and in therapy like that's life and yeah there is something to be said for just kind of like you have to accept that it happened and internalize it and be like yeah that was crappy it happened but you know what I can hold it and then I can keep going and then there's going to be a next time and a next time and a next time. Yep. And we'll always have Andy. So I did not see, I didn't know Andy had that in her, by the way, that kind of like, it was ooh, so like good. yeah, you need like, if nothing else, like you can, once you can stomach it. Yeah. Everyone should go see Andy. Yeah. Do was, that. Yeah. It was very good. It was very good. So, all right, Steph, I will leave you to, hopefully get like an actual night's sleep slash we will move on to to actually finishing watching this Australia game, which is going on right now. I was about uh, to say, I'm not sleeping. It's yeah. 1130 local. Australia's playing Denmark. Yep. <sighs> so, all right. Well, I will, I'm sure, check back in with you. The joy will be trying to do this podcast now when I am in a very different time zone again. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. But um I'm I'm still like I'm happy to be going home mostly because I I'm just very done uh with being sick in this weather but um I am definitely jealous to not be at some of the remaining games um yeah so have a good time first I'll and say foremost hi to any seagulls on the other side of this Japan Sweden game right, if you if you manage to get out to Waheke Island you gotta go out and see my pals at the Heke. 
So that's all. Yeah. Did you know Waheka Island is the hometown of Zoe Bell, who was Xena and Warrior Princess's stunt double starting from about season two? (laughs) Oh, okay. On that note, we gotta, it's the sleep deprivation is hitting. Bye, everyone. We will be back at some point in this tournament. I promise. Bye for now. Bye.